He Shoots, He Draws are proud to be sponsored by the Photography and Video Show, held on the 18th to the 21st of September 2021 at the NEC Birmingham and we'll be doing a live episode at the show. The Photography and Video Show has everything you need. If you're about to take the next step on your creative journey, whether you're an absolute beginner or a seasoned professional, this is the show for you. Get exclusive insights into this year's film and photography innovations. Test out kit and get to ask questions from the manufacturers. The show has exclusive deals throughout the four days just for you. Join talks and live demos on a huge range of topics led by experts and legends of photography and filmmaking. Whatever your level or skill, you'll be sure to learn lots of new techniques and approaches to help you become a better photographer. The Photography and Video Show is returning to the NEC and want to welcome you back safely. From the 19th of July, events were allowed to return to a live format. Please be assured that your safety is taken very seriously and there may be measures in place to ensure that everyone has a great day out. Tickets are available from photographyshow.com and if you use the code HSHDTPS21, you'll get 15% off a standard adult entry ticket. That's up to and including the 15th of September. All the links are in the show notes and we'll see you there. You're listening to the He Shoots, He Draws podcast, the show about photography, design, creativity, and more, with your hosts, Dave Clayton and Alan Hess. Hello, and welcome to another edition of He Shoots, He Draws. And it's been a long time since I've interviewed someone. I've had a few weeks off, uh, been a lot going on behind the scenes. But today, I've got a guest who I've been trying to get him on for a little while. We've kind of been ships that have passed in the night, but sometimes there's a right moment to have somebody on the show. And today I'm going to be speaking to Michael Bruni Groth. Sorry, I apologize. Michael Bruni Goth. Too many words in my mouth today. Um, Michael owns the Logo pa Package Express. Now, if you're a graphic designer, this is something you need in your life. And I just want to say at the start that I'm very pleased to have Michael as our guest tonight, but this is not a paid promotion. There is no affiliate here. I'm not I'm not gaining anything from this. This is purely as a graphic designer wanting to speak to somebody who's created a product that is something that designers need and should have. All I want to do tonight is speak to Michael about where this all came from, his background, and and kind of where the company is today and, and what's coming ahead. Because I, I have seen a sneak peek, which I won't mention, but um, I know there's more to come. So welcome, Michael. Welcome to the show. Hello. Thank you for having me on, Dave. Oh, it's a pleasure. So firstly, where are you based, Michael? Where are we talking to you from? Uh, well, I'm based in Chicago, Illinois. And, and is, is that hometown or is that where you've ended up? Uh, well, my hometown is Kalamazoo, Michigan. Uh, I like to say it's the city with the most fun to pronounce name. <laughs> um, but yeah, after I, after I left college or university, as you might call it, um, I, I moved to Chicago. Okay. So I, I'm going to do this chronologically just purely because I like to see where things start. So what is your background? What was your, you know, young you, young Michael at university? What were you planning to be? What could you have been in 2021 had this mm. whole thing not happened? Yeah, actually, I'll take it back earlier to high school, actually, because I'm a graphic designer. I have probably have the same background as, as you do. Um, but it was kind of an accident that I ended up finding that. 
So um, at my high school, we had some offsite programs. Sometimes they were for, you know, um, career-based things like, uh, you know, mechanics or that sort of thing. Yeah. But there were also art classes. And I signed up for a filmmaking class. And when I got my schedule for what the year was going to be for me, it had me in a design for digital media class, which was not what I had signed up for. So I learned Photoshop and Flash and um, how, to, how to shoot with a digital camera. And that set me on the path to discovering graphic design, discovering that you could make money by, you know, um, making these artistic projects, uh, which later for me translated into more of just a general interest in visual problem solving. But uh, yeah, total, total accident. And then once I found out that um, you could have some kind of career where I could do these, these things that I was enjoying in high school, um, I pursued the uh, university that had the best program in my area, and that was Western Michigan University. They only took 20 people into their graphic design uh, program every year, and um, our, our, the program director had been trained in like the Netherlands or, or Sweden or something like that. But uh, anyway, great program. Uh, so yes, graphic design, I went to university, and I, there were two things that happened at university. One, I just thought, hey, I want to be a famous graphic designer. I want to be so graphic weird. design, right. I want to be graphic <laughs> design famous. You know, I want to be yeah. Stefan Sagmeister or, you know, Michael Beirut or something like that. Yeah, yeah. And the other thing that happened was I had a project in my typography three class where we had to basically reinvent the calendar really take a look deep dive into what time meant and, and all of that sort of stuff and my project wasn't particularly interesting it was just a uh, perpetual calendar that was based on this week or next week because that's how I thought in those days um, but during that time I really felt like I want to invent something because I feel like as as a designer when you're in you're learning, you don't understand, or you don't know whether you're going to be an in-house designer, or you're going to be working for an agency or, you know, whatever. And I just right. assumed I'm going to have to learn so much about so many different industries. And just knowing the type of mind that I had, I thought, you know, I might, I might end up inventing something. I think that would be really cool. Um, and that has come to fruition in a, you know, way I wouldn't have expected uh, 2021 Michael to be, you know, he was going to be design famous New York guy or something like that. But uh, yeah, so that's, that's the background graphic design degree. And uh, I can, I can tell you where I went after university as well. Yeah, I mean, did you work where you were working graphic designer? Did that become a, you were a money earning so many designers listening going what you earn money from this? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I, yeah, as soon as I started, I was kind of earning money. I, I um, got some internships while I was in college. I actually did a rebrand for um, a local security and building, building automations company. And that came with a scholarship and things like that. So uh, they paid me as well as, as getting a scholarship. And that was a full-blown rebrand. I mean, I didn't know what I was doing. I was a sophomore or junior in the, in the program. <clears throat> and here I was in charge of this brand for this, uh, you know, statewide company. So that was really cool. Um, but then 
Yeah, when graduation rolled around, I had two options. One was to apply everywhere and kind of see what panned out. And the other was to go to New York, which is where a lot, a high percentage of the people from my program would eventually move. So this would be going from Michigan, which is in the Midwest, all the way to New York uh, in the East. And I just kind of ended up not getting any job offers and I decided, you know what, I'm going to move to a city that is close so I can go and scope out apartments and things like that and still come home. Yeah. Whereas if I had tried to move to New York, I would have had to crash on a friend's couch, try to find mm -hmm. an apartment and a job all at the same time. So I chose Chicago. But when I ended up there, I had no idea. Um, I had no job prospects. I didn't know a single person in the city. Um, so yeah, it was just all about job hunting and making that $80 I had a week, you know, <laughs> to <last laughs> as long as possible with my no air conditioning and, and all of that goodness. Um, and yeah, I found a job at a business to business marketing agency um, and did that for a year before moving on to a branding agency for another three years and finally went yeah. freelance. So I think there's a lot to be, so I've said many on, on previous um, editions of the show that there's so much like it's it's so weird now for me um at my age is when i left school there was n like n there was never anybody thinking about a young 17 18 19 year old starting their own business from their bedroom i mean and i'm talking pre-computers so it wouldn't have been that but now when you're looking at uh, when a lot of young designers are coming out of education and the first thing they want to do is start their own agency in their bedroom or you know they want to start their own company and they there's so much they could learn from taking a job and i i would say to young designers just take a job for a year trust me you know you've got all the enthusiasm in the world one more year of putting your plans on hold will be the best year you can invest you know, go and do the job work with the awkward people deal with awkward customers deal with the awkward in-house situation look at the time the frustration you get when you realize something you really want to do that should only take 15 minutes takes three hours, whether it's software or decision-making, you learn so much from being on the job. And like you say, you're thrown into the lion's den, you're doing a full rebrand. But when you look at what, what you've created thinking, cause I had this with astute graphics when, when I first started with them, they had a product that solved a problem that I used to spend hours on. And this product now reduces that to literally five minutes, all that time you lose. So I think it's definitely something to be said for, you know, educating, understanding your trade and then applying it to the real world before you decide to go freelance. Yeah, definitely. And I, I think one thing that uh, people probably don't think about very often, if, if you are either a self-taught designer or you're just coming out of school and you want to start up your own thing, um, I mean, I'm not going to tell anybody to do or not do anything. Yeah. I, I agree with you that there's a lots of good experience, but one experience that's very interesting is you might take a job where you're not very appreciated. You know, you've got to do all the grunt work and, you know, you just kind of, you're, you never hear anything back from the client because the project manager is the person who talks to the client and all this sort of thing. And while nobody wants to experience that, if you do end up going freelance or starting your own agency where you are in control, you get this, uh, if, if you do it well, you get this amazing feeling of 
gratitude and of appreciation from your clients. And when you get to talk to them directly and they say, wow, this is amazing, or you totally changed my business or whatever, you, you, you enjoy that so much more because you've been there where you are grinding and you never hear any positive feedback from your creative director, from the client. And now you are the source of that, the client's um, success and they appreciate you so much for it. So that's really cool too. It elevates you. It definitely elevates you when you get to be part of that positive feedback. And, and I think you can learn so much from it as well because you understand why they like it. You understand what you changed and the effect it's had and you can see the results and you get more work. You become a trusted partner and you get to be a problem solver for them. And that's the thing I like. I was a graphic designer in marketing. So I was able to learn where my things were being used and also speak to the people that were using them. So whilst I didn't always necessarily get the end result, like sat in front of the customer, I got a hell of a lot of feedback because I I was learning my trade. I was still learning so much like how these things were applied. And, And also the amount of time we spend on these things, it's like anything you can, you can labor something to the point of you're never satisfied you, you know what what would what you say to someone oh that i could do that in an hour and like three days later you're mm-hmm. still like um and, and there's a lot about your own time management that you learn in that kind of role is it's how valuable are you how valuable are your skills to clients uh, and also your learning ability and how you value the time you're spending on becoming whether it's a designer or a marketer or something Right. I think it's there's so much to just you just absorb without realizing then one day you find yourself thinking it and not realizing you haven't actually learned it from a book you've learned it from experience and and I so I came from a pre-computer background then computers came along and then I got into desktop publishing and I kind of realized the skill that was always there pre-computer right. was finding its way out and then over the last 25, 30 years, as everything's grown, I'm like wishing I was 25, 30 years <laughs> younger <laughs> because what I could do with what we've got today, it would be amazing. I could, you know, I can see why people in their 30s own their own agencies. You know, it's it's such a such a creative environment we're in now. I mean, obviously, the last 16 months have been interesting for everybody and i think a lot of people have definitely taken time to learn new skills but when you're looking at the tools available to us and the technology like you know we're sitting here on zoom calls and we're sharing we're collaborating files and and everything i just get so excited by what we can do creatively now right you know it's, it's a lot of competition um there's probably you know more designers out there than have ever been um but it gives us a bit a little bit more diversity but talking about you and what you've done (laughs) for the designers uh just tell us about this the seed of logo package express what was what was kind of that first moment of hey i've got something here was it a frustration on your part or was it something you'd heard from within the industry yeah so um I can definitely talk about all that. I think I will say, you know, in five seconds, what it does, just in case anybody's unfamiliar. Yes. But, um, 
what Logo Package Express does uh, and is, it's an extension for Adobe Illustrator. And every designer, when they're finished with a logo design project, they have to make all of the assets to hand off to their clients. So there's gonna be a lot of file types, there's gonna be a lot of color variations, so on and so forth. And uh, Logo Package Express helps automate that process. So I'm sure we'll talk about it in more detail, but I just yeah, wanted yeah. to give you know, an overview. Um, but where did this idea come from? So tying back into what you said with agency experience, um, definitely anybody who works with clients is gonna be familiar with having to hand off assets. But when you work for an agency or something where they have um, a lot of criteria for what is required to send to the client, as opposed to just kind of guessing or sending what you think is fine, um, you can end up you can end up spending a lot of time making what I call logo packages, which are just the, the logo files that you hand off to the client. And at my last agency job, um, we had a flat hierarchy. We didn't. Sometimes I led on projects, and sometimes I was, you know, doing the grunt work. Uh, but I, in particular, I made these logo packages a lot. And you know, it would be flipping back and forth between Photoshop and Illustrator and parsing apart the logos into their different components and recoloring them and labeling them and naming all the files. <laughs> we always built out an hour uh, into the budget for that, but it, it, sometimes it took more, more time. Yeah. Than more. Um, so I became very familiar with that process. I got to where I could do it very quickly. Um, and so it was something that I was aware of, but the, you know, you, you mentioned at the beginning, uh, that necessity is the mother of invention. And that's definitely true. But I think a lot of people who start off thinking about creating a product or inventing something, they think that their necessity is the mother of invention. Yeah. You might need something that only other four other people are ever going to buy. So true. you kind of have to find what other people need. <laughs> um, so it's just, where do you focus on that necessity? But I got to a point with my freelancing where I had two major clients and they, it, was, it was like a retainer situation with both of them. And one of those companies went under. I was in a comfortable place financially. So I thought I should take some time to sort of expand my skill set. I thought I was going to become this unicorn web designer who could design the websites and then code them uh, front end and back end. So I started going down that that path. And I was just kind of picking up a lot of material. And one of the things I found um, was a book, I'm probably going to get the title wrong a little bit, but it's uh, how to design products people love. Something like that. Yeah. And I only got one chapter in because it was just so interesting to me that first bit, which was about the research process of finding what even is a good idea to build to, to spend your time and effort making. Yeah. And the, the process was actually from another group of people um, from it's, uh, it's Amy Hoy and Alex Hillman. They run a, a sort of business incubator kind of thing um, called 30 by 500. And it teaches a research process called Sales Safari. Now, I never paid for their course or anything. They give a lot of content out for free. And I was able to piece together this sort of process from that alone. But the idea is, even if you know that there's a problem somewhere, 
if you go and you ask somebody, if I say, Hey Dave, what, what problems do you have around making logos? You know, you're on the spot, you might have some things, but you might mind might go blank. It's not the best way to get good answers from people. So what they advocate is that you go to what they call watering holes, which are places where people hang out, uh, who, you know, you share expertise with. If you're looking at designers, you want to go to places where designers hang out and just see what they're complaining about because they're going to be open and honest when they get on there and be like, Hey, this sucks. Blah, blah, blah. You know, my clients are dumb or, you know, whatever yeah. they have a problem what? with. What designers say stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> really mean stuff. Like, yeah. Um, um, you know, and you can, you can start to use this process to see, okay, there's a few things I need to know. One, what problems are people having? Two, uh, what do they buy? What do they pay for? And three, how do they talk about their problems, right? So you get those three things together and you can say, okay, here's a problem with these people whose expertise, you know, I overlap with. So I understand what they're talking about. They buy books, they buy software, they buy courses. I understand what they will pay for. And um, this is what they said about it. So you can take those words and put it into your marketing and you're speaking to them and they're saying, this person knows exactly what they're talking about because- Yeah, they're speaking my language. Right. Um, so I went through that process. Now I did have a little bias, that old annoying task that I used to do at, you know, in agencies and even in my freelance work creeped back in. I said, you know what, let's see what people are saying about this whole logo packaging process. And that's what I focused my research on. And at the, I found two problems. One, uh, I don't even know what files to give my clients. This is what a lot of people were saying. Like, should I give them a TIFF? Should I give them a PDF? Like, what, what's, why do they need the vector artwork? Whatever. All sorts of questions like that. And then there were the people who knew what to give their clients, and they were complaining about how long it takes and what an arduous, mind-numbing process it is. So those two things together, I was saying, okay, well, I know how to do this really quickly. So maybe I'll just make like a, uh, a book about it or something. You know, I didn't quite have it all figured out. So that's, that's where the seed of, of it came from. My past experience, this new uh, research method, and then the, the actual research that I found pointing towards this problem. Yeah. So you've solved the problem. And like anything with people say, oh, I've got a great idea. I, I, where you can turn metal into gold <laughs> it's like okay it's i've heard of that yeah it's a brilliant yeah. idea but <laughs> but now you've got to make it happen so you know knowing where the product is today that that early stage obviously start starting when you've got a seed and you're thinking okay i'm going to turn this into something you need money you need expertise so what was the next step in kind of getting the first like the first draft of this idea into an actual product. Did you understand what it, how it would work in the back end? Yes. Um, it was, like I said, the very beginning, I thought maybe a book, I wrote a whole outline um, about the process and everything. But then I kind of started, I was like, you know, I had used extensions before and I thought that's something you can do. So I was looking around the fringes of that, Thing. You know, I'm not going to get into the, the details of what the technology stack is, yeah. you know, in something like that, but you can, anybody who's used InDesign knows about scripting probably where, you know, you can pull up a script and it puts corners on something, you know, yeah. there's, 
there's scripting. Uh, a lot of people with Photoshop or Illustrator have used what Adobe calls actions, but they're also called macros more broadly, where you can just record what you're doing as a user and then play those actions over and over again. So I knew there was something there and I knew the process I went through. So I just kind of worked through it and I spent the whole summer of 2018 putting together an alpha version of Logo Package Express. I had decided not to go the book route or at least that didn't sound as fun. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I had to, I mean, I knew a little bit of JavaScript. I knew a little bit of code. Um, certainly not the sophistication required for an extension, but I knew a little bit and I just labored with my, I had another friend who was between jobs and he was actually a, a, a developer um, trying to help me figure out these scripting things. And what I put together had the wonderful and concise name of the Logo Package Automator Bundle. And this thing took about 20 minutes to install. You had to put files in certain places. I wrote uh, an Apple script and a different kind of script for, um, for PCs, but that would sort folders and file names and stuff like that. And it was just this Frankenstein's monster. But if you spent 20 minutes watching the tutorial and setting everything up, then once you got through it, you could make these logo packages, which normally take an hour or more, uh, depending on the sophistication you know, of your deliverables. And you could do it in five minutes. It was missing a lot, but you could get 80 plus files or, you know, whatever in, in five minutes. Yeah. So I was doing everything right. I followed all of the, the steps from the, you know, the research method I was looking at. And I built up an email list of 36 people it was a tremendous uh, amount of engagement there. <laughs> I had a, I had a landing page ready to go and October 1st, that was, that was going to be the launch. So I launched it and I got two sales that first day. Uh, I had expected to get 12 for some reason. I can't quantify to you, but that was the number I had in my head. Um, I got two sales and then over the following, you know, the four months from launch to, um, you know, the holiday season, I got two more sales. So I didn't feel like I'd failed. I felt like I'd made a product that worked. I just felt like nobody knew about it. So I was pretty close to giving up on it just because I didn't know how I was ever going to get that audience. And uh, on Christmas Eve or something like that, I got a message on uh, Facebook from somebody I didn't know. And they lived in India and they said, you know, I, I could really use this, but I can't afford it at this point in time. I do know some people with big audiences. Um, would you like me to connect you to them? And if they work with you, you know, maybe you can send me the extension for free. And it was an exchange of value. So I said, sure, you know, that's fine. I wasn't expecting anything. And I get an email in my inbox from a guy you probably know, uh, Ian Paget from Logo Geek. Yes, I know you yep. very well. Yeah, you guys both do the podcasting thing. Um, and he's like, hey, uh, I'm ranked number one on Google for the search term logo files. Uh, I checked out your product. I, I really like it. Um, do you have an affiliate program? And I said, um, yeah, yeah, I definitely have an affiliate program. <laughs> but I had no idea if I could do that. Fortunately, the platform that I sell the product through is called Gumroad. And Gumroad does have an affiliate thing. So I set him up and then pretty quickly, I got $1,000 in sales. And to me, that was like, okay, 
if I can make a thousand dollars from this, just from working with this one person, I can make this a real, a real thing. Now I can hire somebody to make it an extension. And that was the whole next, next step of the journey for me. Yeah. That's when I first uh, heard about it was through Ian because Ian, it, like it's such a hive of information, but has built the most amazing community and network and and the guests like he gets such great guests on the podcast but when ian recommends something i go and look at it he it's like that no if he if if i know what he does for a living if he's found something that he genuinely would use and promote because he'd use it it's worth checking out and that's when i first kind of saw the products and thinking yes yeah this is this is one of those things that we kind of take for granted, like a lot of things in Illustrator and coming from the background where I've, where I've been the last four years, that problem solving of, yes, I, I have to do this day in, day out, and it takes me this amount of time. And the thing I say to all designers, and I do get some funny looks about it, is I say, if you take, if something takes you an hour, like you say, you were saying with your client, okay, now I need to export these logos for you. This is going to be about an hour. And it, as like you said, it's always two. So I need to bill you an hour for this as well as anything else that we do. But if you can turn that hour into a five-minute task, you don't need to tell your client it takes you five minutes. You don't have to tell them your secret. You still build them the hour, but you've now got 55 minutes back to bill someone else. Okay. So it's about... And this, and the reason I'm saying this is because I'm going to talk about how people perceive the value of something. Is someone like Ian who finds a product for something he's doing all the time, and it solves solves the problem. Um, when people say it's too expensive versus I can't afford it, I always look at it as like we've just said what's an hour of your, whatever it is you're doing in the in the design world we all value our time what's an hour worth to you what's a billable hour worth now if you're doing something that's taking you even if it's one hour a week 52 weeks times your hourly rate now look at the price of the products that you're going to buy look at the value of what it's giving you so don't whine about the cost don't be oh, it's too expensive, or if you can't afford it, that's different. But if you're a working designer and you're earning money, you can afford the tools that save you time. And this is where something like this, that is every single logo designer has to fulfill this task. And it's time consuming, as well as the amount of times you go through your files and you've got logo final dot final two, dot final mm -hmm. final, no, really, this is honestly the last final one. <laughs> it's that just the housekeeping of it is as frustrating as anything so suddenly seeing this like mark this product come onto the market and totally understanding it from the beginning what was frustrating for me was i'd stopped doing freelance work i'd stopped doing logo work so i was kind of frustrated that there was this really cool tool mm -hmm. that i wouldn't need yet because i'm too busy over here in illustrator doing something else right. whereas now i'm coming back into the design world again that's what i mean about the timing this is the right time for me to get like get my hands on start looking at it and seeing the simplicity of it more than it like where you know whether it's this product or anything else when somebody finds a problem that like you say many people have and you come up with a solution 
I also want people to hear that story that, you know, you had the two sales, then you had another two sales. It's not like you're living in a palace with your unicorn <laughs> surrounded by your unicorns and, you know, and wiping your brow in the, in the summer months with hundred dollar bills. Right. There's a lot of hard work and a lot of research that goes into these things. And when you see a web, a really nice website with a product for sale, don't underestimate the amount of work and thought that's gone into it to, to, you know, it's, this product isn't there to make you rich. It's initial thing is to solve a problem in the design community, which earns you the respect, which enables you to make money, which then allows you to expand the business and look at, okay, well, we've solved this problem. There's, I know another problem here. Let's have a look at, we can solve that. I won't mm -hmm. talk about the thing I've seen because I, I know it was, but without saying anything, the, the next thing I've seen, it's up to you if you want to talk about it, but the next thing I've seen, I, I just sat here and went, yes, <laughs> yes, absolutely make that thing. Because it's another part of that process that is so laborious. Right. Yeah, I have um, I have three products in the in the the pot right now at uh, the Logo Package Labs, which is staffed by me. I'm the janitor and the CEO. Um, the one is just the next version of Logo Package Express, and you know, briefly, it's going to bring a lot of uh, new features. In fact, it's going to make it a very advanced tool. The core ease of use should still be there, but. Um, Currently, if you have uh, a vertical version of your logo and a horizontal version of your logo, you might have to use the extension twice in a row. It's still a yeah. lot of time saving, but you know it's not one process. And the new version of the extension is actually going to allow you to export multiple um, custom color schemes, multiple layouts, different. You know, you might have a badge logo versus uh, you know straight up typographic thing or whatever. Yeah. You'd be able to do all of that in one go. So that's that's one thing that is going on. The other thing is um, Logo Package Portal, which briefly takes those uh, those assets and instead of, you mean you can still export to your computer, but you can also sync to a cloud-based um, portal for your clients, which focuses on making it easy for your client to get the file. It's not so much on, oh, there's one universal place you can go for the logo. That's certainly a benefit, but you can do that with Google Drive or Dropbox or whatever. Yeah. This is about giving your client a visual preview of their assets and asking the questions that they ask to try and find the right logo. What am I going to use this for? Is this going in an email? Am I printing something with it? Is it going on an invoice? And then we automatically show them the right logo file. Um, anyway, that's the second product. And that'll launch with the version three, but all of this stuff, you know, I hire out. And so it's kind of dependent on the people I work with uh, and their timelines. And the third product, which I just validated with a survey that I believe uh, Dave must have taken, um, yes. uh, is about you know, picking, picking a typeface basically at the beginning of the, of the logo design pro pro um, process. So Logo Package Express is for the end of the process. This new tool is for the beginning stages, helping you just ideate very quickly, um, certainly not generating full-blown ready to use logos for you, but bringing some level of organization to that process and automation. Um, so that stuff should all be coming out for people who follow me, you know, start getting, you'll start getting more information about that, all that. Yeah. Soon. 
that that visualization thing is really useful because when you've been, when you've had your head in something for so long you you can't focus anymore on what you're looking at you get really frustrated because stuff's in different places and different files and you can never see it all out in front of you and that's what I love was the visualization of it was I get to see I get to kind of get breathe so even if it took an hour and logo package takes five minutes I still know I've got 15 minutes right. to sit and uh, appreciate what I've just done look and check and make sure everything looks like it like I expected it to look knowing that I can when I'm happy with it I can just punch it out and it's all ready to go and like you said with the with, with the font one being able to visualize to, to, to look at something with different typefaces and see just how it looks and how it like breathes on the page yeah again it's just as much as useful as you know as time saving as it is to kind of appreciate what you're working on because you know we do when we get our head down into logo process um one of the other things like you said about the necessity thing is we end up designing for us not the client and Can when be. they say yeah. like yeah when they say like kill your darlings um mm -hmm. it, it's that thing of being able to kind of just sit back and know that something's pulled it all together and it just gives you a chance to kind of do the export and you know i, I remember the same kind of thing when um when font self first came on the scene you know it's a small startup company it was two three guys doing it that there, there was a, a necessity there they built a product and and it quickly became something a lot of people were talking about and now i see your product being spoken about more and more and more and seeing it being promoted and people just having like you are now the the product for that problem and that's a lovely that's a lovely thing to have it's when not only have you solved it it's like now people want you to solve all their other problems yeah yeah and, and you're getting you're getting that feedback for free now yeah definitely i mean it's it's there is always a component of luck in any success story um but it it was particularly lucky that nobody had addressed this problem you know people have been making logos digitally for a long time and there wasn't, there were people who had processes, but those processes all took an hour. They just were different yeah. degrees of, of uh, sophistication and, you know, production quality, but nobody had automated it. So that is just lucky when you find something like that, but yeah. don't be discouraged if you're the 50th person with a product, because you're the only person doing it your way with your audience, you know, yeah. um, don't underestimate that either. And also looking at, you know, illustrator, like a lot of times with things, uh, it it will fudge it. It will it will have it will take you so far, but it never takes you all the way. And that's that that's why you know my my background, my last four years has been working with plugins, and it and it's purely all come from listening to designers saying, "I wish Illustrator did this. Right. I wish I I wish I could just do this in Illustrator. I wish I could just save more time with this particular problem." Uh, and I think it's such a refreshing way to be able to look at the problem and, and think about making the product that people need rather than thinking about making a product that you can just sell. And, and, and I've seen, I've seen things come and go. And it's, it's a shame because like you say about scripting and, and small plugins and extensions, you know, you've got the marketplace and you see all these little plugins and things that come out, but they kind of solve 20% of this problem. 
Mm-hmm. And like you say, and what you don't, what you're then using is like seven scripts and an action and yeah, and and for the sake of paint, like I said, and I'm I'm very I'm really feel really strongly about um, people paying for things they need that save them money. Is never never just look at it as a as don't just look at the price and and make a decision based on the price. Look at what it's giving you, what it's going to bring to your table and and then break that price down into 12 months. You know, then you're looking at $10 a month. Then you're looking at like 30 cents a day. And then if you're doing that thing one day, that's how you've got to break it down and look at, okay, I pay for my illustrator. You know, I pay for a couple of other tools. I need to add this into my program now. So tell us a bit about, if people come to the website what's the process of them discovering the product and how would they go about becoming a user okay yeah so um before before me and my website even i actually have a a large network of um affiliates so it's just as likely that if you go do a search for logo package express you'll find a blog article or you'll find a youtube video or something like that um so you know however you end up on the site is, is wonderful. I, you know, I love it that I have people with much bigger audiences than me that can share it and talk about it. And it's a great way to get a product out there is with affiliate marketing. Um, but eventually you'll end up on the site and it just, you know, takes you through the benefits, why, you know, what this is going to free you up to be able to do and, and what, and the features, you know, what it can do for you. You'll get a real time demo. So you know that we're not just, you know, blowing smoke at you that uh, I can actually make 200 plus logo files in three minutes with this extension. Um, And you'll, you'll, you'll either choose to buy it or, you know, tell somebody else about it or, you know, maybe uh, you won't, but when you do go to purchase um, it's $119 us dollars. And if you go through an affiliate, you know, there's a good chance that you might find a discount or something. I won't name any names because okay. that wouldn't be fair to anybody, but um, you know, you can, you can find discounts as well. And yeah, we, the, the sort of like Dave's been saying the whole time, the way I think about it is if, if I used to charge an hour for this and now it takes me five minutes, well, I'm still going to charge an hour, but now I've got 55 minutes of time to go do something else. Um, and the and it, you know, pays for itself, but I'm, I'm not trying to, to sell you anything. Um, the, it's a one-time purchase, which is very refreshing for a lot of people in the design community. Um, everybody, while I agree with you that if you can take into consideration, this is going to make me a hundred dollars a month and I'm paying $10 a month, then it all works out. But I like just being able to buy it and then not have to worry about those, um, those fees every month or every year. Now I will release yeah. major versions and those cost me tens of thousands of dollars to develop. Yeah, so I, I need to recoup that and I'll charge a small fee to, to existing customers to upgrade, but it's not a big deal. Um, but yeah, you check out and you put it in as many licenses as you want. And every license is good for two uses on any two computers. And uh, installation is just like any other software you just install and ready to use it inside of Illustrator. Yeah. And also the other thing as well was I know I'd seen before where somebody said, is there a free trial? Mm-hmm. You offer a money back guarantee anyway. So my advice would be if if by listening to this, you're already thinking, 
oh, this would be so cool, is buy it, buy it and use it, and straight away you'll see the value of it. That you, if you genuinely can't find a use for it, then obviously contact and, and that will happen. But I think it's a really good way of, by the time you click on that buy this, you should know what you need it for and how you're going to use it and then like you said that's you know even in its first year that works out ten dollars a month for anyone in the uk listening this is about 85 quid 85 pounds and for something that sells you know for any photographers or anything else you're listening think about other things in your your life you buy that cost more than that that you just don't even give a second thought so for, for something that's solving a problem i think definitely go on the website watch the videos i mean michael's put together a really nice website answers all the questions lets you know like everything you need to know there's a blog there's some great articles on the blog you're on social media um like you say if you just type all type logo package express into google it's just like vroom, <laughs> all the all these places where you can find out more so i it's a pro I'm, i mean thank you firstly thank you for making it yeah <laughs> because no I, I'm sure as uh, hopefully a lot more designers who listen to the show will go and have a look. Um, I wouldn't promote something on the show if I didn't believe in it. And like I said, there is no payment here. I'm, I, I get no affiliate from this. I will probably sign up as affiliate later, but for now, for this show, I just wanted to promote you and give you um, another platform. Cause I'm sure you've been spoken to many times. I know some of my peers that have already deal with you, like Mark Herons, yes, um, as well, is a good friend. And and I see so many people talk about you. So it's it's been a, it's a pleasure to have you on and, and chat to you, Michael. Yes, um, thanks so much. I want dude. I I want you back on the show when the next things are released. Oh, because hey. what, yeah. Because what I want to do is get a couple of designers um in on the show as well and, and have like a little round table about problem solving and and i think you'd be perfect to have as, as the guest to talk about that next iteration of logo package express and where it's going to go next so definitely been a pleasure chatting to you um i'm going to promote all this through the show notes and on my social media and and, and on my pod uh, you know on this podcast we'll, we'll, we'll definitely mention it a few more times so that people can uh can keep getting links to you uh social media again you know you post a lot of stuff on there so hopefully if a few of the listeners can drop you a note and say thanks and let let you know that they heard heard about you here that would make yeah. me happy um but no it's, it's been been a pleasure michael thank you very much for taking yes. the time thanks for having me on and i would be honored to be on a, another episode with you so it's uh it's been a pleasure and thank you very much dave Thank you. See you soon.